Hey, welcome back. Nice to be with you again. This is Richard Sachs, and Dr. Gabriel Cousins is here too. And we're going to be talking about what's going on in the world as usual and what our options are for response. And what we're seeing, the bottom line is just escalation of insanity and uh, the need for people who want to wake up and have a better future to do all they can on all levels, internal and external as well. Primarily, it starts with what you do inside yourself. So let's go talk to Dr. Gabriel Cousins and see where the focus is for this week. Welcome, Dr. Cousins. Thank you, Richard. It's always a joy to be here with you, and we have a good time uh, in the midst of all of what's going on. Right, exactly. So I just want to bless everybody with love and joy and knowing that the truth still is, is within us. We don't want to get too caught up in the outer world, but we have to pay attention to it. So first we'll start with a prayer of merging the heart and the mind. It said that the biggest distance in the universe is between the heart and the brain. So we're going to merge those to reconnect. We call that wisdom of the heart. And here's the prayer. Mishinikud kudashabrihu ushinate. So feel that connection for yourself. Feel that connection helping to heal the world in that way of connection. So we start with a little bit of dancing to Activate the spiritual joy. Now, that's not really a new idea. I mean, the Sufis dance um, in Africa with all kinds of dancings that, you know, I literally participated in. Um, Miriam, when they cross the, the Sea of Reeds, they dance. Dancing is expression, multicultural. Of course, Sundance is another dance, which I'm also for your sun dancing. So it's all about dancing, but in that case it was more of a sacrifice, but dancing for spiritual joy, which you also get in the sun dance as well. At least I did. So we'll dance for a little bit, and I hope you all join us in that dance, and then we'll meditate for a short time, which is, I think, what the world kind of needs to begin with. And for those who don't have a meditation technique, this is a good one. We just simply repeat this name of the divine that Moses got at the burning bush. Yoda, nin breath, hand the out breath. Wa, nin breath, hand the out breath. Yod from the base to the heart, hey out from the heart. Wa from the base to the third eye, and then hey out from the heart. Now, it's that simple. And the more we meditate, the more it actually transforms us. Um, so let's do a little bit of dancing. Bring that spiritual joy. And I'm going to say, as a little bit of a prelude, when there's spiritual joy, it's really hard to do what's going on in the world today. Okay.
me. Just go into meditation for a little bit. Just follow the energy from my eyes. And now I'm in meditation.
slowly to the meditation. So, what we're seeing today is uh, is worldwide, but it's this is intensity of increased violence. I'm from Chicago. I work for street gangs on the south side. Um, and I have a little bit of feeling for this. I mean, Chicago this month had 41 uh, people killed by with shootings. 41 people this month. Israel in the all last year, okay, had uh, 31 people the whole year. So Chicago, in one month, eclipsed all of Israel. I mean, we, we get a lot of news about Israel, but that's what we just see. Now, I worked with street gangs in the south side of Chicago. And I did a lot of educating. I uh, was friends with Malcolm X. This is a while ago, okay? And um, we're playing some of his tapes, so which they could really resonate to and start to have a bigger picture. And then some of the conversations, it's like, why does everybody want to kill each other? And, and and understand it. The two years I worked with there, nobody got killed. The day I left, eight people got killed in a shootout. What happened? So what happened? According to the gang members, in general, is they don't. At that point, they didn't feel any hope whatsoever. These are kids that are, you know, 19 to 22 years old, or roughly speaking, 17, 22. And there was a sense, the way they described it, a sense of desperation, and also a sense like, we're going to get killed anyways. We might as well go out shooting. Literally, that's how they explained it to me. I was like, oh, I don't expect to live past my mid-20s anyway. And... Uh, but, but there's a sense, hopelessness is not the right word, a sense of desperation and not a sense of life expectation. And when I look at what's going on today, okay, Lori Lightfoot, the mayor's dancing in the street, like this is like wild, you know, when they just announcing uh, 41 people killed this month, this January. 19, uh, 2023, and it's like, you're dancing in the street. Well, that's just, that's kind of how people are seeing it because they're not getting how serious it is. And then look, and, 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 and the five policemen beating a, a guy who was driving erratically uh, to death. I mean, so what just happened? I mean, that's, very abnormal. Then you see what's going on 
with Washington in regard to Ukraine, you know, the Ukraine-Russian battle. It's like, this is not making a lot of sense. I mean, yes, it made some sense. I mean, clearly, uh, if we take a look at history, the Minsk Agreement was that NATO would keep a, a, a distance from the Russian border, uh, at least Ukraine as a buffer, and Russia saying, well, you can't invite Ukraine into NATO. I don't want to go the whole thing because that takes away the buffer. And then we see what's going on. And it's like, well, you're provoking a situation because they already do their bottom line, like don't cope, don't be in our borders. You know, just like with Cuba crisis, Russians were told they had to leave in 1962. Um, so and I, that was a, I was a sophomore college then. It was like whoa, uh, that was just seen as really crazy. And at least they they would do. The point I'm making is there's this constant pressure of violence. I know last week uh, there were a variety of, of shootings that seemed kind of random, uh, and it's it's. You know, and killings, and it's like, whoa, what, what is really happening in this world? It's happening all over. It's not just Chicago. It's not just the United States. We see stuff in Israel. We see stuff really all over the world. Uh, we see, you know, Muslims, uh, you know, attacking Christians in, in Africa and Nigeria where I've done work and, uh, in southern Nigeria, which is more of the Christian population, it's like, well, just we've got to protect ourselves. Um, so, what's happening is really a question that we have to look at. Now, I see it in a, a variety of ways. We have, uh, but I'm going to just say it's it's a rising of the violence. I'm going to invite Richard to come in because you know. We had we talked about this a little bit and had some feeling about it. So, Richard, why don't you come in into the discussion? I've kind of set the tone of like, whoa, and yeah, this is what's going on. Um, I have never really seen the world quite as violent as this. I mean, we're not talking about World War II, that level, but the daily interactions where police are beating some guy driving erratically to death. I mean, these are very unusual circumstances. Um, in prophetic terms, it was it is prophesied that a lot of demonic energies would be coming onto the planet. So we can take that level of interpretation. What, what got into those five policemen? What are they what was going on? That they they just lost control. So that could, we could say, well, is that demonic possession? Well, it could be. It okay. could be, and it wouldn't be the first time. I mean, there are detailed stories about Atlantis in the last days before it was sunk, and apparently very wide-scale possession. So this has happened before in cycles. And I think where my mind goes with it <clears throat> fairly quickly is, you know, we've had compared to how this could be, heaven on earth, humanity in harmony, beings uh, 
respecting and loving each other, the ideal picture, even though we're only here for a short time, it could be a really great time while we're in the physical body if we treat each other correctly and have the correct inner consciousness. But that hasn't happened any time in our entire history that's known, at least not to my knowledge. And that means tens of thousands of years or more, people have been having various degrees of the same issue, that instead of just making it simple, everybody loves each other and recognizes our connection. That doesn't happen. And even though there are glimpses of it, it plunges right back into darkness. And it seems like it would be good to stop that cycle if we could. And all during that time, people have been praying to God to please save us and please stop all this. And and this is really devout people. And it hasn't been happening. And what it brings to mind, in my mind, is first of all, the immediate gut reaction. Wait a minute. If God is all love, unconditional grace to everybody, because nobody can possibly deserve it from the human level. So it has to be grace, ultimately. There's no, nothing to be real, you know, egotistically proud about. It's just gift of love. And if that's not being given, what's the answer? And to me, the only thing that comes to my mind as a possible solution is that God is all love, but is supposed to be acting through us. And so this idea of choice that we've been given uh, the option of how to behave and what to have for a future, it's in our hands. And it doesn't mean our, our personality ego level hands. It means if we get out of the way and are willing to be channels for something higher, then it's stronger than darkness. And even now, that is possible to show itself. I don't see any other real solution. So... We have a solution that we are applying with Peace 21, and when people would meditate on each equinox and solstice, we would have pretty dramatic drops in the rate of crime. And in Rhode Island, where 200 meditators came in and did, over the summer and meditated for a few hours a day, the the drop in, in, in violent crime, murders, and, and uh, type of things like that, drop 43%. People say, oh, that's a hoax. That's a, that, that's, that was a fluke. And then the next time they came back, and the crime rate dropped 49%. Mm-hmm. So we actually have a solution. At Peace 21, when we meditate, as they said, in Chiquinas and Sosas, there's a definite drop in the rate of crime. It's more like 18%. But that's still very significant, not 43%. But it's only meditating one one time for, for um, a half hour. So the solution is there, create a field of consciousness that elevates the overall planetary field of consciousness and the crime and violence will go down. We have it, we're not, but we're not exactly applying it, which is what Richard was saying. So we do have a solution is that everybody can do, you don't even have to believe in God, or that makes does help, which is meditating, quieting the mind, which cuts down on the, the global uh, mind agitation that's going on. Right. So, and then I, you're meditating, I, your field gets so strong it's hard to have 
demon possession. I want to see, yeah, exactly. So based on what you described and what's happening in the world and the clear agenda of the global rulers to create nuclear war and complete destruction of any ethical basis of society and destroy sanity and take over the children and turn everybody into transhumans and all that. It's clear what, where they're going. It's a ceremonial sacrifice of all life. So it's time to not be satisfied with 18% or 21% or 99%. It, it's time to gear it up and say, can we really do what we've been practicing for and really complete it now? It's never been done in our history, but that has nothing to do with what's possible. And you mentioned another thing. Not only do we have to ramp it up from the percentage it's at now, but we have to make it steady. You know, the day you left Chicago, eight people got shot. Well, that's only one day after you were there. I know. So what are we missing that it's not becoming permanent? And it shouldn't be assumed that we can't do it. You know, so I think we need the missing pieces and we need to do them right away. The missing pieces, we're not meditating. People's minds are not quiet. People's minds are agitated. The news agitates the mind. Activities, economic pressures, the air of violence is agitating the mind. And from that comes violence and death. Right. And, and you know, just to put it in perspective also, um, if you meditate for 10 minutes or 30 minutes or 60 minutes, and then the rest of the 24 hours, you're essentially meditating on chaos by focusing on worry and fear and resentment and anger and judgment and con condemnation and things like that. That's 23 hours of meditating on chaos versus a half hour of meditating on peace where you kind of get warmed up and almost ready. And the point of the meditation is, you know, I mean, we have to look at this, even though it, it is more demanding. What are you meditating on the other 23 hours? Because okay, you're, you're, you're in and say, that's the second key. It's called repeating the name of God throughout the day. Yeah, not once right. in a while. Yeah, throughout the day. That's the second part of it. Right. Remember there was a uh, some kind of a Christian or Catholic saint named Augustine. And I forget the name of the book that it was written in, but he said you should pray without ceasing. And yeah. people look at that and say, well, you know, choose a page in, in whatever scripture you like and repeat that over and over until your tongue falls off. But actually it's not that. It's where are you focused? And, he's, and he was saying you should pray without ceasing. Everybody already is. Because whatever your emotion is going to, you're praying for. And so the question is not to start praying. It's to look, become aware of what you're praying for right now. You know, so-and-so is really dumb. Look what they did and, you know, what I'm afraid of. And what if this happens and what if this doesn't happen? That's your prayer. So it's just a matter of switching the other 23 and a half hours what you're praying for. Yeah. Or 24 well, that's why I think your point is very good. That's why the idea of repeating the mantra with your breath throughout the day the best you can helps you hold that energy. Yes. And remember, if you're doing a mantra or a rosary or whatever you're doing, don't 
fall for the uh, default lazy way of letting your mouth or your mind do the mantra, and then your subconscious thoughts are all over the place contradicting it. And that takes relaxation and focus. That's good. So we actually have a solution. Yeah, we are the solution. And when you're meditating... And when you're praying, it opens the heart to compassion and to a sense of oneness. Right. And that is what begins to connect people. And when you feel connected versus disconnected, that's another point. The, the one more government is trying to keep everybody disconnected, isolated, separate from each other. Then you can't make that human connection compassion and oneness, which tends to minimize the violence. Right. And you don't have to make the connection with other people. You're already connected. You just have to allow yourself to feel the existence of it. To feel it, yes. So it's much easier than having to create all these things because they're already there. Because it's our natural state. So what's happening is we're being disconnected from our natural state. The world, events, the leaders, there's a huge effort to disconnect us from each other, from the living planet, from our natural state in so many ways, and that's why we're seeing so much friction in the world, polarity, in a way that's not bridgeable. People can have different opinions, but they don't need to to be fighting with each other about it. And that's that's what's really kind of showing up in, in so many ways. Right. And the global rulers who are trying to lead everybody into complete annihilation, they believe in meditation 100%. And they're using it to focus on death and destruction and suffering without a break. And whoever meditates with more focus tends to resonate and bring everybody else into harmony with that, whether it's positive or negative. So really at the top level, their whole tool is that kind of hypnotic manipulation. And they've got teams of psychics and other people just focusing on destruction. And the the good part is that the light is much, much stronger than that. There's no comparison. So the only way they can win with that is if they keep us unconscious, believing we're helpless, and then we resonate with the darkness and we fall down. But we don't have to do that. We can shake the the spell off, and it, it's a question of mind programs. You know, we don't have, mind can go in any direction, constructive or the opposite, and they're trying to pull our minds toward, you know, this chaos and friction and what you were describing we have the ability to suggest to our mind it goes the other way and then lead it. The mind will cooperate if you give it a chance. So, Richard, you're really describing a satanic program and forces of Satan versus the forces of light. I think that's another way of talking about it. Yeah. It's a little bit more polar and helps people wake up a little bit more here. That's right. It shows up as a programming of the mind which they're teaching in elementary school to kids now. They're teaching it in in graduate school to older kids too, and that is blind trust of negative authority. 
and it becomes a belief system that people follow and you don't have to do that you know it's like remember the uh, the fable the emperor's new clothes and the whole people watching the parade were hypnotized to think he was in beautiful clothes and nobody would say the truth that he wasn't wearing anything and we have to be like the little kid and say wait a minute we don't have to do that you know the king doesn't have any clothes on Yeah, I'm just thinking there was a time of 400 years of peace. I'm actually trying to look it up now. In India, a very famous Buddhist king, and I can't think of his name, um, uh, but he he created 400 years of peace. King. So they did do it. At one time, he did do it, did happen. India, okay. Was that just the lack of war, Dr. Cousins, or was that everybody actually being in this other state of consciousness? Uh, it was King Ashoka, and part of him, he saw he had been very violent and he embraced Buddhism. And started treating people really good, and they brought the the, the Buddhist way of thinking in uh, of nonviolence, uh, and they had a, a reign of four hundred years of peace. So they they brought in a spirit. They brought in Buddhism and the nonviolence and peacefulness of Buddhism, right? Uh, as as basically the national way of life. King Ashoka. 400 years. His, his reign created an energy that lasted 400 years. He reigned for 40 years. I think that's right. Let me get that straight. So that, they, that's, they didn't start wars as soon as he died. It lasted for a while. That's what I'm saying. Exactly. He was known as Ashoka the Great. Uh... But I'm just going to go a little bit further and see any history. Um, but basically, it was 400 years his reign, and that's that's a, a really uh, I want to say it's just a it, it can be done. Yeah, no question. Does you it know, say when that was, Doctor Cousins? Yeah, um, 300 uh, and four. B.C. to 233 B.C. So it was actually more like, well, 70 years. Well, that was his lifespan probably, right? Yeah. Um, but he, let me just see. But I, I heard it was, I remember reading 400 years. Tolerance and nonviolence. Um, uh, but I don't, it doesn't say, what was it? Um, and it spread throughout the world, Syria, Greece. He sent his own children to missionaries to Sri Lanka. Um, I'm just trying to see how long the rain lasts, it doesn't say. Um, he said, All our, everyone is family. 
generosity, piety, justice, and mercy. Uh, and that's what they, that's what they was, what they focused on. I think that's the key is they focused on these very, very powerful, good qualities. Right. You know, um, more toward the natural condition. Well, exactly. Um, well, it doesn't, it doesn't say how long. I just, in my mind, get the 400 years of peace um, that he started and he did the Buddhist Eightfold Path and he brought Buddhism to, to India. So, yeah, I don't, I don't have it, but I know it was a long time besides his 70 years. Right. So it can be done. That's what we're saying in our, for humans. But that was an exception. But the exception pulls the rule. And you don't have to be in a particular group of people to do it. Anybody who's willing can, yeah. be, can be the spark. But he used Buddhism, you know, as how he organized for the people. I think when we move into this, I'm going to say the, the age of, of peace that's coming, Everyone, you know, the majority of people will hold that energy of peace and it will affect everyone else. You know, right. huh? and we shouldn't wait to start that. No, our role is to start it now. So then we create the seed that can spread. Exactly. To the thousand years of peace. A real pandemic of consciousness. Yeah. Pandemic of peace. Yeah. Very good. I like that. So it is possible. I think that's the key I wanted to make is that humans have done this already. You know, 300 BC, 383 BC, they did it. So we know it can be done. It's not that it's impossible, but it takes uh, awake leadership to make it happen. And that hasn't unfortunately emerged. I mean, we here we're talking and there are other teachers talking, but he was king. Right. And it has, he, has he, to be, if it gets strong enough, you're going to know because right. the events in the world are going to radically change. Right. And so we need a leadership that's both political and spiritual. Right. And if you do this inside yourself, you can have a, as strong of an effect as you can imagine on the worst people because everybody is affected and light is much stronger. Somebody has to be willing to fully commit to it. Now, what's interesting with him is that he didn't start out as a peacenik. He was a great warrior, king, conqueror. Ashoka you're talking about? Yeah, and then he said, look at the mess I'm making, and he changed his ways. Wow. So he was responsible for huge numbers of murder in, in the, yes. in the so, name of conquering various yes. regions and things like that. And then he looked around and said, what am I doing? And he changed. That's exactly what I'm saying can be created. Yeah, and that's the example. He didn't start out as a, as a Buddhist peacenik. Right. Yeah. So we got an example of what can be done. 
Yeah, in fact, uh, we have examples of people who have changed like that now within the uh, whole pandemic world. Remember Michael Yidon? Yes. He was an insider with the big drug dealer. He was vice president of Pfizer. Yeah. So anybody who say you can't change people who are working for darkness, that's not true. Yeah. So we, and that's another piece of the good news that change can happen. Right. Not that it will happen, but it can happen. So we have to be very careful about not locking people in. Right. Yeah. If you're carrying around the belief that somebody can't change, you're not helping them. Right. Primarily yourself. Right. And you don't need special degrees or background or, you know, if Ashoka could do it after being a mass murderer in the name of military conquest, then we should be able to do, you know, the same. And he saw himself as a mass murderer, just, you know, in the name of military. He did see that. That's what made him change. He saw it when he changed. He didn't see it before. Well, he saw it before and it made him change. Yeah. Yeah. That's grace, but you can allow it to come in for yourself. Yes. So whoever's listening, you're the person who can do it. Something that's not happening around you can start it. Yeah, and that's where the joy comes in, because in the midst of this, we don't want to feel hopeless. We want to keep focusing on the spiritual joy. Right. Now we have even a, a, an image with King Ashoka of how it can be done, moving from darkness to light. Yeah. You know, in, yeah. A, in a way that affected millions of people. And if you want to make the meditation, the peace, harmony, love meditation more powerful, the stronger the emotion that goes with it, the more power it has. Emotion yeah. and focus and relaxed energy. So the spiritual joy is right in line with that. You know, if you're in a physical costume, which I suspect most of the people listening to us are in physical bodies, then the condition of the body is really connected to the emotions and the hormones are connected to brain function. You get your body feeling better and it is much easier to do your inner work. Yeah, so... um I want to say we, we do a, a, a world peace meditation on each equinox and solstice, the next one being March 21st, and we do it at 7. And you can tune into that. We'll announce it in advance, but we're talking about it now. You can tune into it. You go to Dr. Cousins Global, and we'll kind of get the timings, but it's, uh, in this case, it's at 7 p.m. Israel time, but it's worldwide, so it's all different times for people. So is that because March 21st is the equinox? Yes. And then the solstice is June 21st. Right, right. June 21st, yes. So you do it four times a year? Yes. And And the reason we do it on those times is because in the equinox and solstice, there's more spiritual energy flowing onto the planet. Yeah. But it's a reminder of where your focus needs to be all the time. Correct. It's like a reset, a cosmic reset. 
Yeah. So who's willing to watch their thoughts and their emotions as an ongoing project? And then once you become aware of where they're going, where are your thoughts now? What are you thinking about? Who are you thinking about? Are you sending blessings or curses in your emotions to the people you're thinking about? And become aware of that. And then if you want to use it to change the atmosphere of the planet, all you have to do is have that as your intent and do it. can start now. I mean, it's a really simple, repetitive message, but it, the message doesn't do anything unless we actually do it. And we're yeah. going to know when we do it, because it's going to be obvious. And being repetitive is a good thing, because we're slow learners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it also happens to be really good for your physical body. The relaxed focus on good energy. Yes. Uh, research shows if you meditate for five years on a regular basis, even 20 minutes a day, you, you actually have a physiology that's 15 years younger. Right. And that's 20 minutes a day out of 24 hours. So what could you do if you made it constant? Not by stress and say, I got to do this and force it, you know. It's relaxing into it. It's the opposite. What if you were willing to do that all the time? <coughs> it would be something incredible. So it's, it's, it's very exciting. You know, yeah. our potential is really unlimited, but I don't have, we don't have to use such big terms. We can do it with all our limitations. We can still meditate. We can still work together as a group to change the consciousness of the planet. We don't have to be unlimited potential to do that. No, and you also don't have to be sitting in one spot. You know, even if you're digging a ditch or having a discussion or teaching a class or cleaning the bathroom or whatever you're doing, in the back of your mind, you're focused on something. If you become aware of that, and just change it to what you want to see happen, everything changes. We yes. still have time to do that. Okay, well, um, so again, I invite everybody to that. We'll mention it more than once because it actually is a big part of the solution. It's called change your consciousness. And meditation really helps you change your consciousness. Um, I will mention uh, your diet also affects your consciousness, and I'll be co-leading a a, uh, a a vegan meditation one day on the 26th of February over the internet. We'll be meditating twice a day. We'll go over in depth of how, how to meditate. Then have some lectures of people interested in making that transition because it is more generally more of a peace diet now that's not always the case but that's the general flow if you look at all the great traditions uh, peace oriented traditions they're usually vegetarian or vegan so our focus is to help you make that transition as another way of supporting uh, the more peaceful spiritual life. And when when is that happening? It's the 26th of February. It's a Sunday. 
And they just go to drcousins.com. You can see it right there on the thing and see how to sign up and, and get involved. It's, it's, a, it's worldwide, so there's all different times according to your time zone. That's very soon. February starting Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds great. So it's there. It's there for us. So your diet makes the thing. The lifestyle, creating a more peaceful lifestyle. You know, Ahim says the term we use, the Essenes focused on peace. You know, peace with the environment. I call it the sevenfold peace. You know, peace with yourself and uh, peace with the environment and and, uh, peace with your family and peace with the community. Uh, All those levels of peace make a a, a real difference Um, and really peace with your own body. So when you're eating well, it creates peace with your body. You're meditating, it creates peace with your mind. You're working from meditating into relationship, intimacy. It creates peace in relationship, peace with the family, peace with the community, peace with all cultures, peace with the ecology, and peace with God. There's like seven levels of peace that we uh, can be focused on. I have a book called The Sevenfold Peace, you know, which describes peace in almost different ways. And it's good to practice all those ways of peace. Where's it, where's a good place to get the book if somebody wants to read it, Doctor? Um, you can get the book at drcousins.com or Doctor Cousins Global or at Amazon. Okay. We're probably going to have a sale. I didn't think of it before this thing. We're going to have a sale on some of these books because I want to make it really available to everybody. Okay. Yeah, you've yeah. got a lot of great books. Yeah. So, but that, the, you know, peace is a key. Um, uh, I'm just looking for a book with it. But that's that's kind of the idea is, is, is creating peace by being peace, exactly. One book, Creating Peace by Being Peace. I don't know if you can see that. Right. Creating Peace by Being Peace. Not talking about it. So these are all things that are important in the spectrum. So it's time to stop it. I just want to, before you have a kind of last word, just want to bless everybody that we are open to, even in the midst of all the stuff that's going on, that we remember the truth of who we are. And we remember the deep peace of who we are. That comes from the truth of knowing who you are, which is non-causal peace, non-causal love, non-causal compassion, non-causal oneness. So may everybody be blessed with these qualities. And throughout the week and throughout the rest of your life. Oh, I'm in. And Richard. Yeah. <clears throat> Hard to add anything to that. I would just say that uh, if you're thinking about peace, 
two things come to mind. One is what's in us. You know, all the great teachers have said that God is not somewhere outside of you, you know, that, that is at a great distance. God is everywhere, and this God is beyond description. It's it's not in form. It's It's all consciousness. It's the origin of all beauty and all love, and it's all awareness. And that's what you're made out of. So there's a missing piece that's been evident for thousands and thousands of years. Why is it not harmony in the world? You know, and when Gabriel says, you want peace on all these different levels, seven levels at least, be aware that's not, peace is not just quiet nothingness. Peace is really vibrant and alive, high energy and we're going to know when we contact it because you're not going to look the same and you're not going to feel the same. Your energy is going to be very high and very still at the same time. And what's around you is going to change. And it's like a wave that goes out to, from any of us that can be a spark to this, to you know the, the meditation that created 18 or 30% or 40% or whatever temporary drop in violent crime. That's just a tiny clue to what could happen. It's like this unimaginable wave of harmony. You can think of pieces including harmony going out from you and spreading all over, not just our our world, but everywhere. And you're carrying that. We're each carrying that. And we're walking around like we're these little helpless, limited beings. That was never the point. You know, but if we let that go, then we see things happening in the world like what Dr. Cousins was pointing out, war and murder and conflict and bad energy between humans, which doesn't need to be there. Look, take responsibility, you know, for each one of us that's willing to be part of the solution has to say, well, the solution is not making other people change. The solution is making you change, not just as a belief system, but because there's a real power there. And if you change in the way that we're talking about, that we don't see around us because the world is reflecting the opposite right now, but you can start that. And if you want to make that a priority, which we're suggesting to do it with us, then start with the understanding that you're praying and meditating right now so it's not whether you're doing it or not. It's what are you focused on? It's people want to know how to manifest. You already know how to manifest. You're doing it every day. If you want to know what you're focused on to manifest, look around. Look at the quality of your relationships. Look at the situations around you. Take responsibility for what you're currently manifesting. And that shows you you've got the power to do it. You know, the power of this original source, this unlimited God is flowing through you, but then it's going through the filter of your focus. Where are you putting it? Are you twisting it? Or are you just getting out of the way and inviting it to harmonize your whole life? So I'm suggesting that we start now, whenever you're hearing this, and do it by contacting right to the PowerPoint, which is inside you. And what are you praying for? What are you focused on? What are you meditating on? What's your mantra? Because you're doing all those things constantly. 
and decide what you want it to be on because what's around you is going to change starting with you and then you can help the rest of us. So that's it. And uh, I suggest we start today and don't undervalue the time we've got. Whatever amount it is, it's super valuable. Let's not throw it away. You know, and it's where is your focus? And are you willing to do the relaxing work to hold it there and let it live there? That's up to you. So remember Dr. Cousins' events at drcousins.com, treeoflife.mn.co, and um, Planetary Healing Club will work on the same thing, uh, planetaryhealingclub.com. And we've got interviews waiting for Lost Arts Radio that are writing to me and say, Richard, when are you going to be ready? Because I was almost taken out completely. And you can tell by my voice I'm not fully back, but I'm really working on it. And we hope to have those interviews starting maybe in the next week or so. So really appreciate you. Realize who you are. And uh, I just see you as the hope for the world and life in general. So don't undervalue yourself. Loving yourself is not selfish in a bad way. It's the beginning of everything. It opens up whatever you can do. And... Uh, I'm suggesting we start it now. So use the week well, and we'll meet you here next time. Have a good good rest of the week.